It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am your host, Tony Serino, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about the retirement of James Harrison. He announced today that he is retiring. Seems like this time for good. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the Leighton Vander Esch injury medical update that happened today. Uh, see if there's any truth to that. But before we do, let's start today, as we do every day, with some Steelers news and notes. Number changes are happening again. They announced over the weekend, the Steelers announcing that Morgan Burnett will wear 42. John Bostic will wear 51. Steven Ridley will wear 22. And the big one, the one we've all been waiting for, the one that I was calling out for, Cam Sutton is going back to 20. So he got his number back. He will not be wearing 34. I'm glad to hear that. Des Bryant released over the weekend by the Dallas Cowboys. Kind of interesting that they waited this long to to cut him. What this is going to mean for Pittsburgh is, no, he's not coming to Pittsburgh, right? The Steelers have no cap space and, and probably would have no real need for Des Bryant at this point. But it does mean a couple things. One, it means the Cowboys are very likely at this point to take a wide receiver in the draft and probably in the first round, meaning that they're not going to be in the running for a Leighton Vander Esch or Rashawn Evans, as had been assumed. Now, you know, it's always been 50-50 between are they going to go wide receiver or are they going to go inside linebacker because uh, those are two needs for them that they have very high on their draft board. Uh, we shall see. The other thing that this means is, look, there are reports already that Baltimore is interested in Des Bryant. They have been hurting for a wide receiver for so long. Uh, I think Des Bryant makes a lot of sense for them. We shall see because it sounded like when Des Bryant got released that he was much more interested in playing in the NFC East playing against the Cowboys, uh, kind of that make-them-pay mentality. So we'll see where Des Bryant ends up. Ryan Shazier was at the Ohio State spring game this weekend as an honorary captain. He got a standing ovation at the game when he stood up. Uh, and He told ESPN after the game, quote, every day I'm getting better. Uh, I'm able to move around more. I'm doing a thousand times better than I was in December. And, you know, Ryan Shazier has really become a very inspirational story in the, in the face of what was a, 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 such a tragedy uh, him getting paralyzed in that game. It's been great to watch his progress. And, and again, this is just another example of that and of how far he has come. And, and really what has not been that long, right? It's been, what, uh, five months since he was injured. Um, you know, hopefully his recovery continues uh, and we see him making more and more progress as we go. Wide receiver Christian Kirk from Texas A&M visiting the Steelers as one of their official draft visits. He's a borderline first-round pick. I could see him going anywhere from the end of the first round all the way through the through the second round, maybe even into the third. Uh, with with the way wide receivers are going in this draft, it's it's hard to tell where certain guys are going to get picked. But Christian Kirk's a guy who's not really a size and speed guy, right? Only five ten, ran a four four seven in the forty, not not lights out, but he's very strong and very productive at Texas A&M. You know, everyone raves about his work ethic. Uh, you know, he he's got a lot of polish to his game. And he's a kick and punt returner. So I think this, you can start to see the Steelers now are eyeing some guys who are both wide receivers but can also fill some special teams voids or potentially even be a punt or kick returner off the bat. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to see that because as I talked about, what was it, last week or the week before on this podcast, the Steelers have really not looked at guys who are kick and punt returners or have not prioritized that. 
in years past. And so I'm glad to see the Steelers at least at least toying with the idea of replacing you know the this fourth receiver on the on the roster with someone who can be a productive receiver but also can contribute in special teams. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And then let's talk about this latent Vander Esch injury or medical update. Walter Football, not the most reputable source, but they're a very popular website when it comes to the NFL draft. So Walter Football reporting today that Leighton Vander Esch is failing medicals and is being taken off of teams' boards. They got a quote from an AFC general manager saying, quote, to me, he's a third-round talent, but will probably go higher. He's gotten a lot of hype, but he plays soft. He's too much like Paul Pazlozny for me. He's a good player and will have a lot of tackles, but most of them will come four yards downfield. He's not an impact at the line guy like Ray Lewis, Luke Keekley, John Beeson, or Brian Urlacher. Now, immediately after this report came out, draft analysts tweeted and immediately denied that this report was true, saying, quote, this is completely false. And they were mostly referring to the medicals part of this. NFL writer Eric Edholm uh, tweeting the exact same thing, quote, source, sources close to the Vander Esch family firmly, completely, and vehemently denies this to me just now, saying Leighton Vander Esch not even at the Indy Combine medical recheck. So, whether or not this whole medical, the failed medical thing is true seems, seems less likely, right? Now, this quote that he got from an, an AFC general manager, that's interesting to me. Not the medical part of it and all of that. It's more about this idea that he plays soft. That's not really what I saw on tape. I saw a guy who almost plays too physical in a lot of ways in that he wants to go through offensive linemen and takes himself out of plays rather than using his hands and, and using leverage to keep the play in front of him. Um, and attack the football. So a very strange report. I, I, look, if the medical thing is true, then he is going to fall down draft boards. But it sounds like that's not true. And Leighton Vander Esch is a guy who very recently has just flown up draft boards to the point where it really feels like you have Tremaine Edmonds and Roquan Smith, but then Vander Esch is right there. And there's almost a, a, a tier two inside linebacker that is becoming just Leighton Vander Esch. And then Rashawn Evans is kind of falling off and we'll see where he goes. Um, so Van Der Esch is an interesting prospect. We'll see what happens with this. We'll keep an eye on this as we go forward. But uh, an interesting report there from Walter Football, uh, not just with the medicals, but with this idea that he's a third-round talent. I just don't see it. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And then finally today, James Harrison. Retiring after 15 seasons in the NFL, 
most recently, of course, playing for the New England Patriots, but he played for the Steelers for so long in his career. He uh, wrote an Instagram post today saying, I've missed way too much for way too long, and I'm done. Many thanks to my family, coaches, the fans, and everyone who played a role in my football life. You know, James Harrison was undrafted in 2002, bounced around the NFL and NFL Europe. Uh, He played on the Baltimore Ravens at one point, had his breakout season for the Steelers in 2007, uh, replacing Joey Porter, and then won Defensive Player of the Year in 2008. He was such a special talent as a pass rusher because of his ability to bend around tackles using that strength and athleticism. I mean, it was unbelievable to watch. His ability to get low but use his size and power to get around guys, you know, you couldn't you couldn't block it. He was unblockable for so much of his career. It really felt like the only way for a tackle to block James Harrison was to hold him. In fact, some of his best plays were, were drawing holding penalties. Remember 2016, the divisional round playoffs at the Kansas City Chiefs, the two-point conversion to tie that game. They complete that pass, but they call holding, an obvious holding on Eric Fisher, uh, holding James Harrison. He finishes his career with 84 and a half sacks, elite territory for a pass rusher. And my favorite thing about James Harrison is that he wasn't always, you know, it's, it's not that he was just he was just a pure pass rusher. In fact, his best play wasn't even a sack, and it was the greatest play in Super Bowl history. From the gun, Steelers show blitz. Here they come. He gets it away, and it's picked off at the goal line. There's a flag thrown on the run back, James Harrison, to run it back. And Harrison is past midfield. Harrison going down the sideline. Harrison still on his feet. Harrison is going to go all the way and waiting for the official to get there. Touchdown is signal. And Al Michaels' commentary can only do that play so much justice, right? There's there's so much happening on that play from, from Harrison kind of faking a blitz and then dropping back into coverage right into the throwing lane, uh, you know, avoiding all of the tacklers, getting his getting by his own players. Remember, he has to get by Deshae Townsend on that play. He gets he gets hit by a tight end. He's being chased by Larry Fitzgerald. He has to dive over uh, players. He, he he survives when Fitzgerald does catch up to him at the two or three yard line and and gets his way into the end zone. Uh, that play is so incredible. It will never be topped as the greatest play in Super Bowl history. A, a edge rusher, outside linebacker, returning it 100 yards for a touchdown uh, to give, of course, the Steelers a 17-7 lead that they would go on uh, to win that game on the Santonio play. Uh, James Harrison, look, James Harrison is going to go down as the greatest Steeler pass rusher of all time. And, and everything that's happened from this point or, or, or from the end of this, right, I hope that that's all just water under the bridge. I hope that the way that this ended with the Steelers, he he's just been too good a Steeler to have his legacy tarnished by something as stupid as this. Whether you know whether it be going to New England and you know potentially being a bad teammate at, at the end, uh, he should be a Hall of Famer, and he should be inducted into the Hall of Fame as the greatest Steeler pass rusher of all time, of all time. There, there was not a great, there was not a, as good a Steeler pass rusher in the Steel Curtain era, not in the 90s Steelers with Greg Lloyd and Kevin Green, and as good as they were, maybe not ever again will there be a Steelers pass rusher as dominant as James Harrison. And I had a, and I think we all had a pleasure of watching him play for this team for so many years. So my, my hat off to James Harrison and a terrific career. All right, that's going to do it for me. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website 
is LockedOnSteelers.com. Remember to visit LockedOnSports.com for all of your NFL, MLB, NBA news. That's LockedOnSports.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at SteelerCountry. I'll be back tomorrow for more Locked On Steelers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.